Open Field Radio. Like, subscribe, share, and review wherever podcasts are found. If I had to describe this, I'd say it's cool people having conversations about agriculture and life. Because ag and life live side by side and sometimes overlap. I'm your host, Mark Flint, and this is Open Field Radio. Brought to you by Gowan Company. Chandler Bennett, Salinas, California, president and founder of Parabug, beneficial insects applied to crops by drones. This is not a Ridley Scott movie. The future is now. <laughs> oh, very cool. I totally love what you do, and I'm super fascinated. Where'd this come from? Where'd this whole idea come from? I guess uh, very beginning. I uh, was at I was in a Cal Poly uh, in an integrated pest management class, and uh, it's kind of when the drone craze is taking off and um, I was handling these biocontrols, which are really light and uh, you can pack a lot into a tight area. Um, and that's when the idea kind of clicked because, um, you know, drones and at the time and still to this day, um, due to the regulation, you're not really able to carry a lot of weight. So, right. yeah, so it kind of just clicked. I'm like, well, these are really lightweight and, and carry a lot. And uh, that's when the idea yeah, came to me. And that's when I started prototyping and that's how Parabug was essentially born. Well, I saw that uh, you, your background is agriculture. You, you're from an ag family, so all of this, none of this is foreign to you at all. But where was the where was the drone fascination? Where did that, how did that come into the mix? Uh, I've been drawn to anything that flies for really actually anything that's a machine. I love it. I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, but especially things that fly. Sure. So, you know, I've always been a fan of anything remote control, but the new technology that, that made drones so much more easier to fly and all that, it kind of drew me in even more. <laughs> so And so you put one and one together? I mean, it was a straight line for you in a, in a sense? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Somehow, some way, it just clicked. <laughs> Couldn't exactly tell you where it came from, but yeah, it was essentially uh, just put two and two together. So let me clarify something here. What we have going on here is pretty fascinating. What we have is a guy who loves drones and who doesn't, right? They're just a ton of fun to fly. And he's a certified crop advisor. So crops and bugs and beneficial bugs, all right in his wheelhouse. Couples that with the drones, figures out a way to deliver beneficial insects, beneficial bugs, the ones that are good for your crop, via drones. Wow, man, you and me, right now, we could be looking at the future. This is it. Give us a little insight into where beneficial insects play in crop protection? Sure. I guess we're kind of backtracking too in a little bit with that question. Um, when I went to Cal Poly, uh, I was taking a, um, a major that primarily was ag engineering and ag business, but allowed me to take a lot of electives in pest management or crop, produ- crop production or crop protection Right. Um, in order to get my PCA license in California. So that's where I kind of was getting a background in pest management. Um, and, you know, one of the things that's Number one things that's taught is integrated pest management, which is, you know, combining everything in your pest management program, which is, you know, everything cultural to, um, you know, pesticide selection, um, basically like a whole system. Um, and one of those systems or they can integrate into your system is biocontrol. Um, but the thing with biocontrol is, is where you're applying or adding to your um, beneficial insect population. Uh, that's where, um, you know, biocontrol kind of plays. It's, you know, it's only a tool in the tool chest. I want to say it's a um, save all or uh, the only way to go, but 
Um, it's an added tool for growers to manage their pests um, or pest problems. It makes sense. I mean, it totally makes sense. Yeah, for uh, for pretty much any pest, there's something that predates on it. Um, mm-hmm. So, for example, um, you know, aphid. Uh, you know, people commonly think of uh, ladybugs or lady beetles. Right, right. Um, you know, that's the most common. Whenever someone thinks of biocontrol, that's what they usually think of. Sure. Um, I mean, there's so many more on top of that, and some that are, in my opinion, are much more effective than, you know, lady beetles and more cost effective. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> that's cool. An essence of biocontrol. Well, what I love about this is when I when I saw the site and I saw your videos and saw everything you had going on, you think, wow, this is really cool. First, I mean, the sensational value of it, if I will, is pretty cool because you're like, man, this is awesome. It flies and it's getting the job done. And it's just cool. Who's doing this? And obviously it's you. But I mean, you go straight from that to, oh, it's a guy on the couch that likes drones that figured out a way to do something cool. And the more more I read, the more I realized that's that's not the case. You come with a great background in this. Drones just happen to be your path to delivery, so to speak. So after I graduated, um, I went to go work um, in strawberry production or as a uh, as a grower in strawberries. Okay. Um, and it's one of the number one industries that uses biocontrol. Um, so they use it's a very common practice, whether conventional or organic, for them to be applying persimilis mite for uh, two spot management. And that's where it really hit home on applying these by drone, because um, biocontrol historically has been done um, or been applied by hand. So we're basically essentially helping a grower with multiple problems, not just pest management, but also labor management. Um, labor is getting harder and harder the source, um, the cost of it's going up. There's a whole list of things that, of labor pains. Um, so we're basically allowing a grower to still perform biocontrol, but do it at a more cost-effective means. We're making it more cost competitive with like conventional pesticides. Another issue is, Pesticide um, resistance, um, pesticide regulation, and then the deregistration of pesticides. Um, so we're basically losing, you know, tools that we used to have. Um, the tools we still have, um, we're getting resistance to. Um, there's a slow rollout of new chemistries due to a variety of reasons. So we're basically helping a grower, you know, basically extend the life of what they already have. Very cool. You mentioned the labor part of it. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I, I believe I read you guys are looking at 50 to 80% savings in, in labor. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's what we're seeing on average. Um, it all depends on like what, what the cropping system is and where you're at whatnot. But for the most part, that's on average we're between 50 to 80% uh, savings on the application costs. That's amazing. Um, now, yeah. what's, what's, what's the application, what's the normal application? If I'm not using a drone, what's the normal application of beneficial bugs? By hand? Uh, yeah, by hand, exactly. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> so, with, so with big acreage, you're going to be out there a long time. Yep, yep. Um, and that's another reason why, um, you know, biocontrol really hasn't been used on large acreage or um, it used to be, but isn't the case anymore. Um, due to, again, rising labor costs and, you know, the cost of pesticides, you know, or applying pesticides is cheaper than doing biocontrol by hand. Um, but with this new technology, we're basically, we're disrupting that again. We're, we're going back again to where sure. now you can use biocontrol because it's more, again, we're making it more cost effective or economical to use. 
And I'm sure the industry is very curious. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. Open Field Radio. Like, share, subscribe. So did you know that one female mite can expand into almost half a million mites? That's crazy. But now, with advanced onager optech formulation from Gowan USA, you have quick control of immature mites, eggs, and prevent females from laying viable eggs and keep your mite population in check. Onager Optech delivers translaminar and residual control working in tandem with beneficials to manage successive mite generations. Keep your mites in check. Ask your PCA or distributor about Onager Optech for 2021. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Company. Open Field Radio. You're in Salinas, California, is that correct? Yeah, so we're based out of Salinas, um, but we have operators um, quite a few different areas. Um, that have high value crops like Washington and Florida, Yuma or Arizona, Southern Arizona, Southern California. Are you here in Yuma? Um, we do have an operator in Yuma. Yeah. Yep. Very, very mm-hmm. cool. That's right where our headquarters is, right where this show comes from, right in the heart downtown yeah. Yuma, Arizona. Very cool. Uh, Australia too, I saw. So you guys yep, are international even. Yeah, we're uh, in, uh, yeah, Australia. Um, that's the only international market we're in right now, but is the interest growing and the opportunity growing? Oh yeah. No, we, that's probably, there's a lot of people internationally that are looking, uh, wanting to bring us in, but, uh, we're trying to take baby steps. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) So what's it, what's it take to get an operator somewhere else? Obviously. And just to back up a second, obviously you don't personally run around and fly a drone in all of these states and countries uh, delivering no. bugs. You have operators that you hire, train. Is that correct? Yeah. So our business model is pretty unique. Um, uh, well, I guess not in a sense. <laughs> but given, uh, <laughs> given I like to tell people we're, we're kind of like the Uber for bugs. Um, right. So <laughs> there you go. We, uh, we provide the technology and uh, re- you know basically the know-how um, to independent um drone businesses or operators and then they they're the ones who go out and perform the service um so we we make sure that they um go through training um they have the correct certifications um that they can safely fly um and then they're uh, parabug certified and with that they get you know the latest and greatest with parabug um we're constantly improving like another thing that we're working on again going back to costs so right now we're saving growers on the application costs but um, we're beta testing variable rate, um, so that will allow us to even reduce the cost of using the biocontrols. Um, wow. Because the hope is is that you put them where you really need them and then less where you don't really need them. I love that, you know, you said you're the Uber for bugs. On the other side of the line, I was like, well, this is the same idea as, you know, I go, well, is Amazon going to someday deliver me my package via drone or can I get a Domino's pizza by drone? Here we are. This is not the future. This is now. You guys are delivering yeah. the bugs to the farmers, to the crop by drone. Super cool. <laughs> what um, What's it take? So, so if someone wanted to be a you know, if, if it was me, for instance, and I say, hey, I want to be a drone pilot for Parabug, what do I got to do? Just shoot you an email and go, hey, I'm the guy and I can fly and here's my certification. Here's my all my regs and everything I've got. Yeah, that's essentially where it all starts is usually, uh, yeah, email or phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go through the process of basically vetting the operator, you know, making sure they do have all the, like uh, a part 107 from the mm-hmm. FAA right. um, for commercial drone operations. Um, if you're in California, you also need to have a German license. We make sure you have that, um, and then all the right insurance, uh, right equipment. Um, and then we, again, we put you through the paces of, um, 
if you can safely fly and effectively fly. Um, a lot of people think um, that uh, it'd be a relatively easy job, um, but it's not like the conventional drone flying where you're flying. This is not vacation yeah. droning. This is, you know, yeah, this is in cool. a, uh, yeah, this isn't where you're like flying at like 50, 100 feet taking pictures. This is, right. um, you know, we're flying 10 to 15 feet above the crop canopy and, yeah. Um, it's very intense flying. For the geeks and the gear hounds out there, do you plot this? Is that Are the fields plotted and you run it that way? You're not flying it by camera by eye, are you? No. Yeah, so all these flights are fl- uh, flown fully autonomous. Okay. Uh, there is the occasion where we, we'll do like a little piece of something manually, but 99% of the time it's flown autonomously, and that's all done through um, the ground, ground control station, um, whether that's through DJI or uh, mm-hmm. Pixhawk. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Oh, great. Very good. Cool. And what drones do you guys fly? Or has everybody got something different? Uh, so we can put it on just about any airframe, um, but we're, we highly prefer the M600 DJI, mm-hmm. or the Matrice 600. Yeah. Um, that's our pre- preferred one. And then after that, um, basically let's be a discussion. So I had to look it up. I have a drone. I've flown a drone. I have not flown one of these. The, the dimensions on a DJI M600 drone are 65 inches by 60 inches by 30 inches. This is not your vacation, let's take some fun video drone. Nope, this is a big bird. It's funny you say that because, I mean, uh, I started when I was prototyping, um, I started with, you know, the tiny little DJI Phantom. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I managed to integrate onto that. But, um, you know, for large-scale commercial operations, uh, the Phantom just wouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> I totally, so, I totally understand. So yeah. what's, the, what's the payload capacity on a drone like you guys are flying? Where's it top out? Yeah, well, so our payload itself, um, depending on what carrier you put um, into the tubes, mm-hmm. um, we're all up seven pounds payload, but the drone itself, if I'm not mistaken, don't quote me on this, but I believe it's 25 pounds. So we're, we're well below the um, available payload capacity. Right. Again, that allows us to take full advantage of the current technology that's out there. Like we're, if we're flying at the full payload capacity, we'd be, you know, flying for only you know 10 minutes and wouldn't be able to really cover serious ground, but for the most part, again, we're going back to what crop and whatnot, but sure. Um, for the most part, we can usually get about an acre a minute down with our current payload. That's a lot quicker than by hand, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, we're getting a lot longer flight time and all that. So, What is your flight time, if you don't mind? About a uh, half hour to 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And what's the recharge time? Yeah, so uh, with this DJI M600, um, we basically recommend that an operator carry um, a minimum uh, three sets of batteries. Mm-hmm. Um, and a generator. And so we basically, you know, are cycling in that way. Yeah. Um, so, but we're actually, again, <laughs> talking about things we're working on. Um, we're going to be ta- be taking delivery of our hybrid drone here in about, um, hopefully within the next week, actually. Okay. Um, now I'm curious. And I, yeah. And that hybrid will be able to stay in the air for um, two hours easy. So. Really? So uh, it's hybrid, it's gas and electric? Yep, it's a gas electric uh, drone. Whoa! So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's fun. Okay. Okay. It's two hour, two hour flight time. You just changed the world where drones are concerned. 
Yeah. Unless you're the yeah. CIA or something, and who knows? Maybe you are. I don't know. <laughs> That's very cool. Wow. Two-hour flight time. That's unheard of. So I know you're curious, and I know you want to see what this thing looks like. So check it out at parabug.solutions. It's all over the place. You can't miss it. There's videos. There's pictures. It's pretty cool. How cool? You'll want one. Chandra, like I was looking, I saw the, the tube on the bottom of the drone. And obviously, I see the payload in the in the tube. I'm not sure exactly what I'm looking at because I'm I'm a knucklehead, basically. Um, how is it pushed out of the tube? Uh, what's the apparatus, or is that top secret too? Oh no! So yeah, <laughs> oh, the, I can talk about that. Um, it's a uh, so again going back to the prototyping. Um, I went through a um, whole bunch of different variants on how to put out biocontrols, but the design I settled on is the one that everyone has come to recognize, which is that tube you're talking about. Right. Um, and why I settled on that is that rotation action um, is key in applying quite a few different types of beneficial insects. Um, it was primarily designed, though, for, um, again, persimilis mite, for strawberries. Mm-hmm. Um, predatory mites, they like to move up away from gravity or you know, basically just go up and towards sunlight. So if that container was static... Um, and we were flying for a very long time. Um, eventually, all those mites would just hang out on the top of your drone. And not oh, I see. <laughs> I see. Right. But since we've been using this, although we primarily made it for predatory mites, we've done just about any commercially reared. I don't think there's one commercially reared biocontrol that we haven't put out with it effectively because it's very gentle on um, that rotation action. Um, and we're basically keeping that mix uniform. Um Again, if it was static, then they would all collect in one area and you'd have a very ununiform application. Now, the tube, and, and just to explain it real quick, the tube fits on the bottom of the drone. It's the one exactly. I saw is a clear cylinder tube. It looks like it's got holes all around it. You can mm-hmm. see the payload inside. What is it? I see it. Obviously, there's insects. Is there another component to that as well? Yeah. So it's the biocontrols or the beneficial insects, mm-hmm. and they're mixed in a carrier. Um, a carrier is basically, um, could either be, it could be a variety of materials, whether it's vermiculite, rice holes, um, okay. sawdust. I was going to say it looked like um, sawdust. I didn't, but uh, what do I know? Yeah. Well, what I, what I like to kind of compare it to is, um, it's basically like the water in a pesticide application. You're basically diluting, um, the bugs and okay. giving something to deliver them with. So I guess I kind of screwed the question too about how it works. Um, so yeah, so you see that rotation action. The primary reason is to keep them mixed. Um, but it's essentially like, um, how it really works is it's kind of like a, uh, a salt shaker. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you, you know, you go to pour out salt, um, you know, it stops pouring after a certain amount of time. Cause it basically gets, yeah, um, packed in there. Yeah, we, we call it bridging, but yeah, basically okay. it clogs the hole. Sure. Um, so, but that rotation action <clears throat> clears up that hole. Um, and so then on the next revolution, that same hole dispenses again. So there's, um, so there's, so there's a rotator inside the cylinder. Is that correct? No. So the, the whole cylinder or, um, Oh, the whole tube itself rotates. Rotates. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Okay, now yeah. I'm getting my head around it because the video, man, it's fascinating. It's so cool to look at. But I was like, how do these? And I knew they just didn't sprinkle out of there, as you said. They would get uh, the bridging would occur, or they'd get clogged up, or whatever might happen. But uh, mm-hmm. okay, now it makes sense. All right, where do you get your bugs from? Uh, so there's uh, there's quite a few sources or insectaries. 
um, you know, you have your uh, local uh, insectaries, and then there's also big, large um, international insectaries. Um, so there's uh, one, I guess one that would be closest to you would probably be Biotactics, um, which is uh, near Corona. Oh, sure, um, sure. I believe it's Corona. Um, it's basically Southern California. Yeah, SoCal. Um, and then you have uh, BioLine. Um, they're international. I believe they're a French company, but they uh, they actually have an insectary in Oxnard. Then there's uh, Beneficial Insectary, which is in Reading, and they're actually just bought by Benefit or BioBest, and their BioBest is an international insectary as well. And then there's BioB, their Israeli company. Okay. Um, and actually, everything that they rear comes out of Israel overnight. Um, wow. <laughs> they make the joke that uh, <laughs> it, they make the joke if you're a mite, you can get to the United States quicker than if you're a human. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Overnight. That's quick bugs. Yeah. That's some quick yeah. bugs. Are you applying these on all sorts of crops? Does a farmer call you and go, hey, I've got whatever, A, B, and C going on? Um, are there specific things you're working, crops you're working within exclusively or specifically? Yeah. Um, I guess, again, it goes kind of back to whatever it's economical in. Um, you know, so we're charging. Um, $16 an acre for the application. You know, some people say, you know, that's maybe a little bit too much for corn and soy, um, but we're hoping to get into those markets by, you know, lowering that cost somehow, some way. But our, our bread and butter is probably almonds, acreage wise, and then um, and then grapes, and then probably, uh, well, it's a close tie between um, vegetables and strawberries. Well, being in Salinas, all of those are, are right adjacent to you there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yep. How many acres of almonds are you doing? It's probably, it's in the thousands. <laughs> I couldn't tell you exactly yeah. uh, uh, how many off the top of my head, um, but it's up there. It's a lot. So, <laughs> it's a lot, yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that. I love that. Yeah. Well, this this whole idea, is there anybody else doing this? And not like we're out to tout your competition, but I'm just, I'm just. are you the first guy doing this or has this been been kind of being looked at for quite some time? Um, I'm not sure if I'm the first, but, um, you know, I started this in 2015 and I, I couldn't think of anyone who's doing it at that time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, the, there is a guy in Australia who's okay. doing it. All right. Um, there is another company in California that's starting to do it. Sure. Um, and there's actually, um, BioLine, you know, that insectary I told you uh-huh. about, right. um, they have one in Europe. Um, so yeah, there's, uh, other people doing it. Um, I'm not sure if I am the first, but I like to think I am. <laughs> sure. And why not run with that? More of open field radio after this. So here you go. EcoSwing from Gowan USA is an OMRI approved botanical fungicide created using proprietary plant extracts. Gotta love it. EcoSwing is labeled for use on many different crops to control powdery mildew, botrytis, monolinia, alternaria, and several other diseases. And it's a global leader in fungicidal control of several key pathogens. EcoSwing makes a valuable addition to your integrated pest management program. Add another mode of action to your disease control defense and combat possible resistance from overuse of other actives. EcoSwing. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Company. And now back to Open Field Radio with our guest Chandler Bennett from Parabug. Give me, uh, I'm sure you've got a million stories, but give me a success story with this that you go, that's how this is supposed to work. A success story. Yeah. Just um, something you go, you know what, this is this this went exactly how we planned it. <laughs> I, I don't know if we uh, ever had it exactly as we planned it. <laughs> right, that never happens, does it? It never happens. No. One you're really proud of. One you're really proud of. I guess uh, it was probably our first job. Um, 
our first paid job. Um, it was I'm not sure if I can say the operation name. I wish sure. I could, but no, I that's fine. Check with them. That's fine. Um, but the vegetable grower in Salinas, um, he was the first one to uh, basically give us a chance, and um, to this day, they're still a very valid customer of ours. So that was probably one of the best. So your first <laughs> time out the gate, your first big client, yep. and it's a, and it's a home run beyond your expectation. Yep. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's just unheard of. <laughs> because I'm sure, I'm sure there's a catastrophe at any turn. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I'd be a fool to tell you we haven't uh, we haven't crashed. Uh, you know, there's been a few times. Oh, right. uh, there's probably been two crashes that we've had. You know, there's like any other business. There's uh, good days and bad days. So. Sure. Do, do do you do you fly yourself or do you manage it? Uh, so I was doing a little bit of flying. Um, but now nowadays, um, no, it's pretty much my partner and then uh, you know the operators that we brought on. Okay. So. Okay. Um, I I spend most of my days, um, uh, basically keep making it better. So and finding <laughs> I love thinking it up. That. That's what it is. It's thinking it up. What can we do next? <laughs> I love yeah. that. I love that. So this fits into a to an IPM program pretty seamlessly. Yeah. Yeah, that is fantastic. Um, that that's the part they've got to love. They must love yeah, that. Yeah, it, it does really well in organics. Conventional, you you definitely have to be more mindful about other things that you use. Um, but it can work in conventional as well. And um, but primarily, definitely organics. Is there a a future in this with other things? And I say other things. Could this ever go to other pest control products? Besides uh, beneficial bugs, could this replace you know the, the the standard crop duster we see or anything else? Um, I I always hate to say it's going to replace something. Sure. Um, I'm the kind of guy that likes again going back to the toolbox. I like to have every tool that I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they all play a certain place in pest management. Um, so I don't think we'll be um, ever replacing. Um, if anything, we're just helping. We're backing up other products and making a IPM program more bulletproof. I like that. That's a great answer. I love that. Very, very well done. What's the future look like for you? It's looking bright. Um, You know, um, every day seems like we uh, have new new achievements and, you know, new growers who are looking to use us and the future is looking very bright. (laughs) That is totally great. Are there areas you're looking to expand into? We'd like to get into corn and soy, uh, like I'd mentioned, Um, Mm -hmm. but it's a matter of economics, I think. Um, I don't think where we're at right now for an application cost would get us there. Okay. Um, but I think uh, with new developments like the variable rate and the hybrid, um, you know, those new newer things, I think we may be able to get there someday. Um, that's definitely a goal of mine. Yeah, that's actually probably the primary goal right now. <laughs> sure, soy and corn. Yeah. Sure, and that's a big, that's yeah. a big, just a giant market. Heavens. Yeah. Uh, what about geographically? Or is anything anything is accessible to you if someone says yeah? You know, we, we pretty much have the coasts um, and the high value crop markets covered. Um, you know, there's, uh, you know, I'd like to get more of the southern part, like, uh, or the middle. Like, we don't have someone in Texas, so I'd like to have someone there at some point. Yeah. Um, but uh, geographically, that's probably the next on the list. And then again, we'd be going north from there into the Midwest. I also forgot to mention, uh, so with doing Parabag, I also work for another company, uh, Bear Flag Robotics. Um, oh, cool. What's that do? Yeah, 
Yeah, and they, they're doing autonomous tractors, and we're actually in Yuma too. And they're actually both the owner or the founder and operations manager are there right now. <laughs> really? And so, so yeah. talk to me. What's it do? Uh, so it's we're taking um, your standard um, uh, tractor and putting uh, various sensors and GPSs, what have you, on it, and making it a fully autonomous um, piece of equipment. Um, and so you can basically set what you want to do for the path and it will follow it and do the job that you want it to do. Wow. Um, everything's fully autonomous. The lifting of the implements, the turning, um, everything. The future so, is now. Look out. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> now I'm, I'm familiar with that with like in the mining industry. I know they do a lot of that in the mining industry, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh, farming is not far behind it, huh? Nope. Um, I was actually down there in Yuma Gosh, was it two, three weeks ago? Really? Um, and I think, again, going back to the first, I, I think we're the first ones to be doing a fully autonomous tractor down there. Um, oh, cool. Of course, you know, someone could have done it before us, but I'm pretty sure it was it was us who would be the first ones in Yuma. And you're trying so. it out in Yuma. Well, there's so much agriculture here. It's just crazy yep. down here. It's no surprise you guys are down here trying it here. Pretty cool. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to nose around a little bit to see what I can find out. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Open Field Radio from Gowan Company. Like, share, subscribe, review. Everywhere podcasts are found. All rights reserved. No duplication or redistribution without permission.